Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. I'm Sue Rose Minahan and the founding host of Talk Cosmos. And I don't have any more COVID. I am thrilled to join the living world. And I hope for all of those that are so besieged that you find your remedies and your strength to continue. And as we navigate this new terrain, and that's really what we're going to talk about today because our subject is Mercury. Venus, Mars, oh my, and it's because each of these planets very soon, as of pretty much the new moon coming up in a couple of days in Sagittarius, will be in their own sign and in the first of their own signs. That means Mars, Aries, not Scorpio, which it co-rules, along with the modern rulers, Pluto, and Venus in Taurus, not in its second sign of Libra and Gemini, which is still finishing up the very tail end of Taurus because it's doing its third path through its shadowed period after it's gone direct, which it always does, but it will go into Gemini and not Virgo, which it also co-rules. So with no more to be said, let's get here it all from Planet Buzz. Focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship, these are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, founder of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary and eclectic astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I love investigating mythology's language philosophizing esoteric fields of eternity, a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, poetry to stories, and celebrate humanity's individuated co-creative life force experience. I'm Leslie Francis, author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunshine books, a practicing professional astrologer intuitive, a lecturer, and host of my own podcast, Coloring Outside the Box. My lifelong search to understand what it is to be human led me to develop my own approach to astrology called Purpose-Centered Astrology. I passionately seek to support people in their greatest act of creativity, living life, through consultations and webinars. Creator of Star Cards, I love talking and making people laugh. And I'm Dr. Laura Tad. I have a PhD in human science and work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with people around the world. I teach and lecture on astrology both in person and remotely. I have a blog. I have written for the Mountain Astrologer, Celestial Vibes, and Tarot.com. Additionally, I am the educational coordinator for Live Life Resources, an educational nonprofit specializing in resiliency training, education, and research. And as the ancient Hermetic Code reveals, 
as below, so above. As above, so below. Welcome again. It is such a pleasure always. And we're so coordinated here with our little warm colors, alive, vibrant. Yes. You know, these planets, they are voicing their autonomy. That's what I was thinking. You know, each one has like, I'm me. I got it down. Of course, Mercury's a little slow to the occasion. So we're kind of muddled. We won't muddle through. We'll always be explicit. And it all does begin on this full moon, which was just a recognition recent recognition because i was realizing that as of the 14th mercury goes into its own sign and it is uh anyway maybe we should just pull that up and i can share that right now laura and leslie hello and if one yeah hi if you have a thought here oh, oh what am i doing go ahead laura do you have some ideas <laughs> As well, I, let's pull up the chart. I mean, there's two ways to start, right? So looking at the, the upcoming full moon, um, as well as the fact that really multiple planets are in the signs that we see them to be naturally associated with. Um, right, definitely Mercury is about to be back in Gemini. Um, it will be back there later in the day, on the day of the full moon, I guess, right? Or is it there? No, right? no, it's oh, earlier. Okay, it's already I there. checked that out. It, this um, is, yeah, because right now, do you see the, the screen? It is. It's quite small, so it's hard to oh, read rats. the degrees. Um, oh, I'm sorry about that. Darn. But, um, you know, so Mercury Mars being in their natural signs. Of course, you've had, um, you know, Neptune in Pisces for years at this point um but so and it's an interesting thing when planets are in the sign that we have a, assigned them domiciled to or like that they are considered to be in relationship with because sometimes it can be misinterpreted to be a easier harmonious place for the planet to reside and i've actually found that it becomes a really it's such an intensification of the archetype that it isn't necessarily easy it's more intense right i have mercury in my natally and so it's a my brain is going 100 miles an hour most of the time <laughs> and so yes it makes it can make me articulate it gives it makes communication a really fundamental part of my identity it's also my final dispositor so it's seriously strong in my chart but um but it also can mean that i can get tongue-tied i can lose my train of thought because that mercury is working in overdrive all the time and so we're going back into that energy with mercury getting back into gemini in the next day and a half um of communication happening perhaps too quickly right because gemini rushes mercury rushes and then you combine that and we can speak before we think things through, right? Yes. Well, well yeah, I was going to say, especially with Mercury in a sextile, you know, like opportunist a, a relationship to that Mercury, because Mercury will touch up to Mars while it's still in Aries. And so not only is the, you know, the um, impulse of Mercury and Gemini to just get it moving thought-wise and not, it's, it's not, <laughs> 
it's not detailed oriented in Gemini. It's all yeah. about what gets me thinking, what gets me excited, what, you know, it's, it, you know, Mercury and Gemini loves to gather information and sometimes doesn't even really know why, <laughs> you know? You know, it can, because I am ruled by Mercury in Gemini and it's retrograde. And I must confess that at default, there is a moment of, of great pleasure. Like, well, if I just throw out the net of information, something will sift through, there'll be a pattern course it's all in the ninth house too so it does help there you know but you know we do have these really distinct energetic commands coming into us and depending where they are especially with mars and aries it just is so instinctive you know it it really and it's pre-verbal along with venus in taurus so they I think when we set up to this full moon, which I'm going to prepare, I'm preparing a slide as we talk and I'm listening because um, I, I want you to be able to see this. This is just not, you know, like what good is it if we don't get the, the facts here? So continue on. And I hope in a moment I'll be able to bring that up. Well, it's interesting because even if it's not necessarily uh, an True. Good Lord, am I having trouble? An uh, aspect. Venus is going to sit between these mm. two mavericks, tr trying to keep everything grounded, and yet it's approaching a conjunction to Uranus. And so um, there is, and the North Node. So there's a, a lot of of opportunity here for new growth, for new um, in initiatives. Uh, and, you know, the, I mean, the plus side of Mercury and Gemini is because it will entertain anything and everything. Uh, there's always a seed or something important. It's as if sometimes it's in so much of a hurry, it doesn't always recognize when it hit the gold mine. And so I think that, you know, the, 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 the thing with Venus it, it coming up to conjunct the North Node in Uranus is that it might suddenly the form that this should take might suddenly be uh, become obvious or I don't know. Yeah, more. I can see that being this aha moment. Yes, right. As well as with it, the conjunction to the North Node that has so much to do with the future, right? So how mm -hmm. do we go forward with all of this data that Mercury is throwing in the basket, whether it's valuable or not? Right. That's sort of that Mercury and Gemini like just data collecting and maybe there's value to it. And I'll sift through it later when I'm in Virgo. Um, <laughs> and but that it's stuff that isn't that fleeting flash in the pan, um, quicksilver energy that's Mercury, because of that, I think as it, Venus comes into that conjunction with the North Node is how does this information carry us forward? What is valuable in the future? And this is true, you know, we can see this globally and collectively as well as at an individual level. So seeing where that falls for somebody in their chart, what are they cultivating to bring forward into their future and see the value in the data that's been gathered and then Mars being able to act on it and all that fiery energy, the value of that Mars and Aries is that proactivity, that being able to 
and the stamina that might be required to go the distance, right? That Mars and Aries has a lot of stamina, even though it can- Well, it does just because it wants to, it just wants to keep moving. I mean, there is a certain part where even with COVID here, there was this desire, you know, it's desire. It's it all kind of synergetic how it works. And it's not all intellectual at all. It's sort of like find out after the fact, you know, how things are moving along. Especially with, when you get uh, Uranus in the mix. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the, the value that we could see, because that Mars and Aries, as much as its stamina could go 100 miles an hour, you know, and run the marathon, is that the beauty, I think, in Venus being in Aries at the same time is it can temper some of that of like valuing where you're running to and not just running for the sake of running, where Mars and Aries on its own doesn't really care. Well, yeah, because I was going to say Mars and Aries can exhaust itself by constant motion. Yeah, that's true. You know, and without a sense of purpose, just moving because that's what it needs to do. And so uh, the Venus in Taurus is seeking some level of purpose or uh, or direction. Um, what what can I what well, grow? But also, what can I ground? What, what what's real? What what's because Taurus is all very much about what's real. So ah, and how can I? And my senses. What do I sense? Can I feel? Can I touch it? You know, I mean, in in what way does it speak? And of course, it gets into the body. And I suppose so much of us, I, uh, having had COVID here, it was like I suddenly, you know, relaxed. I had to relax. I had to sleep. I was sleeping twelve hours a day. You know, I usually, <laughs> I, I don't do that often. And and then when you relax like that, you become in, in uh, integrated with the moment in a different physical sense of, of things. And I was actually sleeping outdoors because we have a one bedroom place. And so it was very lovely. You know, I've got the lanai there and the water. Of course, it would get wet in the morning. And, you know, it's just eating the birds would, <laughs> would wake me up. And, you know, it's a whole, the physical is a whole way that we talk about, but it's so different. I'm still trying to pull up this chart. I don't know why I'm having such trouble. Any rate, we will continue on. Well, it's a Mercury. It's a Mercury. We're problem. still in the shadow for another day and a half. Another couple, like what, the 19th, I think we're out of the shadow. Um, so I try my best to ignore that. Another week or so of being in the shadow. Um, oh well, you know, sometimes when I look at that whole range of it, it's almost like, is there any time you can actually <laughs> do something? So, you know, uh, and, you know, it's interesting because we always talk about, I think we talk about the shadow in some ways as if it, as we do retrogrades, as if it's something necessarily negative when in actual fact, it's just part of the process, right? Yeah. Yeah. I always, the image I have or the analogy I often use with clients is I think of the shadow as sort of the last pass when you're sweeping. Right, like you swept the floor and then you have did like the last little shards of things before the floor is clean. Where are we I doing? Like that. Yeah, but I keep trying to remember what was I doing? What what is it that I'm trying to sweep up? I'm not even sure anymore. <laughs> you know? I mean, well, here here's the deal. Sometimes you don't know. You just keep. It, it it's like you know the whole process of healing. Sometimes it, it it's such a um, um, 
deep subterranean process in lots of ways. And sometimes you don't even know that you've done any healing until your response to, to things changes, until you have some sort of an external um, experience. It says, oh, yeah, I'm handling this differently. Something has shifted. Something has changed. Well, then I think we need to talk really realistically about what's happening here in the country because it's like the the dragon in the room or the elephant, whatever you want to call it. You know, we do have a lot of um, serious cause for, and this is uh, in the United States, of course, Leslie, you're in Canada. And, but yet the gun control and just the, the protection, you know, at thir- series, okay, this full moon is out of bounds. That's one thing I was realizing. Oh. And series hmm. is at 13 degrees. I've got to pull up this. If anybody can pull up this chart, I'm desperately trying to do it. And I'm having a lot of trouble and I want to get it up. I'm desperate. <laughs> so I'm just Sorry, not I'm getting no there. Help whatsoever. Yeah, I need some help here. If Laura can step in. But anyway, I just don't I, know if I have the permission to do it. But I can. Well, if you, yeah, we can do that. But um, at any rate, I want to, or else pull it up yourself. Everybody so can, can share. It. That's what. Yeah, pull up your own chart because we need to get going on this. It's thirteen. <laughs> Ceres is thirteen degrees Cancer, which is conjunct yeah. the United States Sun. Ceres is also out of bounds. So we have series out of bounds. We have the moon out of bounds. We're talking about nurturing. We're talking about grief. We're talking about a mythology of, of food and, and, and trying to reclaim sustenance for ourselves in some ways when well, things are out of bounds. And, and it's not so unusual that the moon's out of bounds. From what I understand, it goes through a 10-year cycle. And we're in a 10-year cycle where the moon is going to be out of bounds. And that means it's when it means out of bounds is it's outside of that ecliptic path of the sun, meaning it's in its own territory. The moon is reflecting energies. And right now it's reflecting back to us this Taurian sense of survival and that sense of really like we were talking about our bodies and how are we sensing things as we're trying to navigate forth. It's trying to talk to us and I don't think we know the language. So that's where it's really well, a go place. I did want to point out that Ceres was also connected to the Eleusinian mysteries. Uh, yes, absolutely. Some of the stuff that we ascribe currently to Pluto is also her territory. Absolutely. And I was just taking a class with Patricia Walsh, a wonderful astrologer that's associated with um, wise soul astrology now with Laura Nalbandian and Rose Marcus. And Patricia, of course, does intense regression work. And so I was really investigating about that mythology, which I have looked at many, many times about Inanna who is a precursor, you could say, to Venus as she goes through her seven gates, which is like the, the gateways uh, as it as Venus it rises and falls. And I'm, I'm saying these things pretty fast for those that know about it and, and understand what I'm speaking of or, or want to look into it more. But it is this sense of claiming our, okay, going back to, um, I suddenly got lost in the myth. Yes, of the mysteries, of of looking at our shadow sides of grief, 
the grief that um, series in losing her daughter, which is personified in that case. But then, of course, the daughter becomes this rebirthing of, of, of life that continues as, as, as the vegetation continues, which we all experience, but it's within ourselves. There's so many ways to encapsulate it. So we have the chart. Oh, good, good. I will quit my, and I will come back to it. Yeah. Hey, there it is. Thank you so much. I was going to say, you can't see it. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, ma'am. Okay, beautiful. Yes. And so we have here, it's going to be 23 degrees in the mutable signs. Oh, boy, that happens to be right on my dwarf planet of Orcus, which is also with Alan Clay, the the brother of Pluto, which is in forces. It says we have an oath. And if we don't follow with that oath, we better know our oath. And that's really the mystery, it seems to me. What's our oath? But we have an oath. And if we don't follow it, we get drug under the underworld. There's there's no two ways about it. But mm -hmm. anyway, that's so we have a full moon with Neptune forming a T square to the full moon. With yeah. a T square to uh, the sun, so the opposition. sun, moon, Neptune at twenty-five Pisces, squaring the twenty-three oh. degree full moon. Neptune. So no, no wonder we're having trouble. <laughs> no wonder we're being <laughs> and, so Neptunian at times. There's a, there's a purpose to all that. That's what I'm really understanding. I think if all of us can comprehend, there's a reason why there's a veil that comes in front of our eyes, or that we get tired and we we stop focusing on what we've always been focused on. Because maybe that's not the direction anyway. Maybe well, we need to go a different way, like the Cheshire Cat, right? Yeah, I think this is asking for the dissolution of old beliefs and old thought patterns. Absolutely. And and, and opening your 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 consciousness to to because I always think that the fog that's or the veil over your eyes has everything to do with releasing things so a, a clearer vision can come into play. Yes. So that we can notice colors gets that a we bad rap before. Huh? I said Neptune gets a bad rap, I think. Oh, it does. We always get critical because we want to hold on to what we know because at least it's familiar, as rotten as it might be. And that and really has to get into our psyches. Let go and trust. So I was trying to remember what degree the the last lunar eclipse in the Sag Gemini um. Sabians, or what are you talking about, please? The, the total lunar eclipse that we had. Um, no, no, I was talking about the, the 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 lunar. Did we not have a lunar eclipse in December? Yes, we did. And the lunar was it at the same degree as what I was trying to, to get at? It was in Scorpio. You were talking about the no, 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 a year ago. That, the one that would have been December twenty December. one. Oh, December twenty-one. Uh, the full moon and the full. There would have been a full moon and sun and Gemini. Sun and Sag, moon and Gemini. I just wondered if okay. it was the same degree. The solar eclipse on June tenth was at nineteen degrees Gemini forty-seven. Right now. Is that what you're talking about? No. no. Well, then be the, very specific. I'm sorry, I'm lost. I said December. the lunar eclipse in December twenty twenty-one. Okay, that was at solar eclipse was twelve degrees Sag. Okay. At 22 degrees. And I wanted to know what the lunar eclipse Sorry. was in December 2020. 
Well, it wasn't December. It was November. It was November 19th. Lunar You're eclipse. talking about a solar eclipse. I'm talking about a lunar eclipse. No, this eclipse. is lunar. I'm saying it's lunar eclipse. I said lunar. <laughs> November 19th, 2021. It was in okay. The okay, August. my mistake. I thought there was my my apologies. No, I... because interestingly, it was not in congruency with the nodes. It went ahead no, because it was so late. It was right on yeah. my Mars. Twenty. For some reason, degrees. I thought maybe I was thinking about December twenty twenty. Anyways, it okay. Matter. Well, let's. What's your point? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. It does, no, it doesn't matter because of it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It was this well, point getting triggered again? Was we're the question. a beautiful example of Neptune, and that's how it works in our brains, doesn't it? It's like, yes, I know this. No, well, why do we? No, we don't care. Oh, okay, delete, delete. On <laughs> well, no, it's <laughs> we keep on getting off track, so I just wanted to drop it. <laughs> okay, no, we're all trying to grasp our. Okay, well, looking at this chart. Oh boy, we do realize that the point of our conversation too is not okay. If it's illuminating a full moon, it wanting us to release, and you poignantly, poignantly brought up that it is in our multiplicity of ideas that we're holding on to in order to form a new emotional base with our belief systems. And meanwhile, we have some real good characters standing up. We have Gemini that says. Well, I do have information, but it's new information. We have Venus that's saying, well, you better think about your resources here and 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 your talents and maybe think a little bit artistically because it's in Taurus. And I think also Mars wants us to think artistically. Maybe that's part of the language. Well, I yeah. think that the that the that the um, the full moon reiterates what we were talking about that Lara so uh, accurately described in terms of what the process is like. And of course, um, the universe through astrology tends to repeat itself just to make sure that we didn't miss the message. Although that when it comes to human consciousness, uh, there's no guarantee. Oh, of course we're going to miss the message. Yeah. We always miss it. That's half the problem, you know. We what is the message? And besides that, how do we communicate? Can we communicate? I don't think we can. I think that is a huge problem. We assume that we're communicating, and we communicate on some basis that is whoever decided. I don't know, but there's so many instructions out there. Everything's got to be on an instructive, literal sense. And to me, that is not communication. It's a poetic sense. It's allegories. It's mythology. It is the, the stories of life. And do people have time for that? No. They want the points. They want it smack in their face. And they want to have it what they know about. And it totally doesn't work. So if well, we're coming I, in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think part of what this moon can bring in two is around communication, right? Because Saj, Laura uh, talked about, um, Laura Nabani would talk about how Saj can have that, if you, you if I'm communicating with you and you don't agree, it's because you don't understand what I'm saying. As opposed yes. to, you may totally understand, you just don't agree. But Saj as an energy, can very much embody that archetype of you must be misunderstanding me, otherwise we'd all agree. Yeah, isn't that the, amazing? It, it's the self-righteousness of the whole thing. And I did want to point out that 
with the personal, what with um, uh, Mercury, Venus, and Mars each in their own sign, this really is an invitation for personal development. It, you know, it's not a time when we can necessarily project outwards and assume that the world is acting upon us. This is our opportunity to change, you know, our own personal reality and therefore change our lives. Oh, yeah. Leslie, I love that. That's a beautiful segue to take a little break and come back again. I am with Leslie Francis of Edmonton, Canada, and Dr. Laura Tad of Georgia and myself in Hawaii. We will be right back. Planet Buzz. Thank you. we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the period of Gemini. By leaving a cycle based on physical form, integrated through spirit, the energy of Gemini connects spirit with matter, focused on communicating and defining the external. Gemini is a mutable air sign signifying flexibility. Gemini duly focuses upon teaching and learning in order to synthesize the world one lives within. Hi, it's Dr. Laura Tad, and I wanted to let you know about my course in personal mythology. Now offered as a self-paced online class, you can explore the stories you live by and those you have inherited from your ancestors, culture, and society. This course comes with eight 30-minute check-ins with me as you move through each of the modules. Enrollment is ongoing. For more information or to register, please go to my website, mythicsky.com. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is John Foster, astrologer and software developer. And you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Hello again. Here we are. And I was noticing my notes. And there's a few things. Sky and Telescope says that the best time to see the lineup is on June 24th. And it'll be 45 minutes before sunrise and in the eastern horizon, wherever you are, because four of the naked eye planets, which is a great way of realizing these inner planets will be they've been lining up but it'll be uh including saturn which will be an aquarius irreverent wonderful satirical mind awakening aquarius and it'll be mars jupiter and venus and they'll spread out so they've been starting since june 3rd and 4th but really that'll be the best moment to do that and they also said that the hercules cluster which is sort of interesting when, anyway. So for those stargazers, 
which hopefully we all are, if you can see it. We can. Yeah, I mean, it is an, it's an interesting time in that way where none of the larger bodies, right? It's their stars at night, but no real planet is visible in the evening right now. Everything sets before the sun does. And so we're in this part of like jumping off of what you were saying, Leslie, of this inner process. I think that that's part of that with all the planets, the personal planets being in their natural signs that we also, because of the time of year that that's lining up in, are in a time where that happens to be, if you know a baby was born now, they'd have the whole chart below the horizon if they were born after sunset. Yeah, the autonomy of it all. Yes, Leslie. Well, I, I was going to say it's very interesting because we've been talking an awful lot about uh, awful lot about initiation, and and here we are, we're describing the personal planets as being morning stars, which is mm. an, you know physically we're seeing in the sky what we feel internally, and yes. sometimes we we forget that part, right? We <laughs> we do. Indeed. In fact, I was noticing too, Mercury in Gemini starts as of the 14th until July 5th. So it'll be three weeks that these planets are in their own signs. But Venus has been in Taurus since, well, since the Gemini new moon just about, which is May 29th. And actually it only goes until June 24th. Okay. Yeah, Venus moves into Cancer at the end of the month. Yeah, so it won't be that whole time. Okay. But Mars, it was March 25th, and it will continue until July 8th. So we'll be ready, set, go, or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is, are Mars and Gemini ready? Yeah. <laughs> Good question. Well, I, I, I guess with along with Jupiter, it is, um, there are initiative. You know, many times in our discussion, we talk about where it is in our personal planet. I mean, in our personal chart. And because these, we're talking about a spread of planets, although they are chronological, as well, except for Saturn. I was thinking for me, because I have most of my planets above the horizon, it is above the horizon. That's one way I can put it. And, um, I am constructing, I think Saturn has a lot to do about this, even though for the full moon, we have Neptune, which is shifting and dissolving, you know, our, our general, as we talked about it, very soon we have these conjunctions with Venus that's going to Uranus and then the North Node. And It's already conjunct Uranus, it did that two days yeah, ago? Yeah, it, it's between Uranus and the North Node at the full moon. Yeah, we, we saw had the full moon. Right, but the conjunction I think was two days ago to Uranus. Oh. oh, because I have it down. Okay, because in my charts I had it down for the fifteenth, fifteenth and sixteenth. I don't know that it was. Okay, well, very good. You know what? The details, details. I'm sorry. I will. Am I? I'm it's your Virgo to, again. It is. It's like <laughs> oh, gee whiz, trying to. Thank you. Don't sew this up together. Um, very good. And so uh, point B and where it is, okay, I'll just. It occurred at 16. Say, maybe that's what you were thinking. It, like the, the conjunction was at 16 degrees. Of Taurus. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah. But getting mixed Venus up is currently time. 17 and Uranus is 16. So we're past. So we're in this. Well, I was trying, there's a, a, a literary piece that I've been trying to put together in some form over many years in different times. And so I finally decided a new format. And I think I showed it to you. It was a cartoon, which I haven't quite picked up again. But it does, I think, will help me even as a outline, illustrate some of my thoughts together. So it because it merges the, the, the pictures with the words. And it also has a different uh, characteristic to it. It isn't built on a literary form where you have paragraphs and sentences and thoughts that have to connect and etc. But it's more, it can be erratic. It can be like, oh, we'll do this all of a sudden. So that's as much as I can share how these energies are congealing in this brain. So, <laughs> are they congealing? No. <laughs> Thank you, Leslie. Yeah. So have either of you ideas of what all these well um i i think i think we might reach some level of clarity once mercury goes into gemini strangely enough um for me you know mars is in my ninth house even though i have an aries midheaven and i have taurus intercepted so both venus and mars and even mercury when it moves back in, it's all about my 10th house Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of in flux because I've initiated something new and yet I, you know, trying to get fully into it seems to be something of a challenge based on events going on in my life, mm-hmm. you know, yes. like people trying to scam me out of lots of money and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and wondering if I have COVID because so many of the people I, I hung out with and know. I ended up with COVID. Um, Anyway, it's, and then sort of dealing with some trauma response. Uh, So it's, you know what, for me, it's a perfect, in a sense, it's a perfect storm of kind of where we're at and where we're going. I wonder some of that, because we didn't talk about, but Mars is, will be, you know, for the full moon conjunct Chiron. So it's really close oh, to that. Really at the moment. Yes. And guess yes, where the full moon is? You. It's conjunct my natal Chiron. There you go. Yeah. Yes. You so know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, let me finish it. So I, I'm in some sort of a, you know, I'm trying to initiate something new and not drag along from the past. I guess that's the best. And because it, you know, when we're talking about an initiatory process, don't really know what the concrete form of that is going to be just yet. So what did you, what were you wanting to say, Sue? No, I was agreeing, supporting, pardon me, it was that. And, and I also really find it helpful to hear as you express, because this merging of a storm, which it feels like is very, has been very evident. And also this mix of life coming in, which I would imagine all of us are feeling you know, we have real hardships in life here with gas pumps and with with people creating causes necessarily about trying to get some comprehensive thinking about gun control. And, you know, it filters into our own consciousness. And then, I mean, those are just some manifestations. But on a personal level, I too had the COVID and trying to, so uh, what you were saying in is is so appropriate 
And then two, the, the new factors, because I was realizing we're all on boards. I just joined the Washington State Astrological Association board. And so I think really, which I haven't quite stepped into, but I think we're all trying new, new shoes, you know. Well, and, and it, it's mm -hmm. funny because I hadn't thought about it this before because I've, you know, talk, talking with friends and other people that, that right now the energy seems very frenetic at the same time we feel stuck. Which, you know, I mean, I, I say that not, not to discourage people, but so that you understand that, you know, I mean, this is honestly, it's like the energy of childbirth. Actually, <laughs> That's like the energy of childbirth. Uh, there's a lot going on, but are you actually going anywhere? <laughs> well, I she think said, having given birth to three children, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's a lot like well, that, actually. Well, I think this really does correlate back with the fact that the moon's out of bounds and not all the time. It kind of comes and goes and Ceres itself is out of bounds and it's combined with Chiron. So what am I saying? It's a lot about nurturing. It's a lot about grief before we get to these points. Uh, and it's old, you know, grief and trauma build up from past experiences in little ways that maybe opens up that area that we can look at again, hopefully fresh, that uh, not just to penalize us, but in order to help us understand. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. and I think that just the, the idea of sort of that rush and stop is Aries Taurus, right? I always think of like, cause every sign's in response to the previous. So Aries is running hundred miles an hour and Taurus throws on the emergency brake. Right. And so that is this like rush stop rush. No, nope, we have to, what's the value. You can't just take action. You have to have purpose behind it. And that it, it can feel jarring because just as you get going, you get momentum and inertia push through the inertia and then you're forced to stop and evaluate or stuff happens that forces you to yes. second guess or or assess the situation. Okay, now I have to, that I, I, there's a detour. What direction am I going to go? <laughs> well, how is it in your life? Maybe we should. I just wanted to say one more thing, because I wanted oh, yes. to reiterate what you said, Sue, about Saturn, because if you're looking at the, at the full moon chart, uh, the, the full moon is applying to a sextile to, uh, as is the sun, the sun is applying to a triangle of Saturn and the moon is applying to a sextile. So oh. here's the outlet. And it is about, you know, appropriate timing. It's about structure. It's about a whole bunch of other things. So how are these three planets tromping around in your chart? <laughs> <laughs> and, and thank you, Leslie. I, I'll add to that that I was wanting to bring up Saturn. I'm glad you did because that ruler of form that we've been accustomed to in form, which of course is our skeleton. It, it is the creation of our structures that the reality holds around, but it's in Aquarius. That is an air sign that wants to break the pattern to realign things. And it can be chaotic and it can be sudden. And, and part of this is, and it's intuitive. It's beautifully intuitive. So- well, 
Uh, geez, I was going to say something and it just flew out of. Oh, it, I was going to flog my own podcast. I just did a podcast on is time in a structure or an energy? Ooh. Now, if that's not Saturn and Aquarius, I don't know what is. <laughs> well, it could be both. Can it be like a wave and a particle? Can it yeah. be? Yeah. I mean, I, I always think and but or. Most people think about it. I, my, my, people define too much of their lives based on time. Well, it's because they, okay, it's very true. This is very esoteric in the way, and I love this whole idea about time. It's a fascination. But really, what's time associated with? I mean, first, time is an organic because the moon, I mean, the sun and, well, the sun and the moon, it goes right back to Inanna, and it goes right back yeah. to all this mythology. I know, yes. but I wasn't talking about it in terms, I was talking about it in, how, in terms of how humans interpret time. Well, they do because they consider it, okay, it's time up to have a form, like the baby's going to be born. But the fact is, is that it's, okay, thank you. Well, we will yeah, listen anyways, to the podcast. There, there is a part of it that's a human construct, right? Humans are the ones who decided we have that's right. a 24-hour day, right? That could have been broken up in any way. We just mm -hmm. decided that time is this, and it's a human construct. Yeah, it could have been daybreak, uh, sunrise, sunset, moon. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess we've deviated from Laura. Here. Laura. <laughs> Back to Laura. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, so the full moon's in my first house because I've got a Sag rising. Um, Ooh. Um, but yeah, most of the, all of the personal planets are on the bottom half of my chart with that Sag rising. Um, Mercury will get back into my seventh, but it actually won't get back. It'll be, I mean, it'll be there for the first time this year because I have an eight degree descendant. So it went retrograde before it, it got there. So it's, everything's in the bottom half. Um, fifth, basically all sort of fourth, fifth, sixth. Wow. Just the opposite um, of mine. Yeah. And, and then a lot of that is going to, right, I'm two weeks out of my solar return. So I'm going to get this long after everything moves on because I'm in a Mercury return for my birthday. Uh, so I'll continue to have it by then it'll have gotten into my seventh. So that Mercury energy being really strong. So another year of like real focused communication um, Good. <laughs> and Mars trining my Mars, right? So a lot of energy around communicating, I think is going to be a big part of the theme. Um, and how am I, in some ways, going back to time, how am I managing my time with all of the writing, with all of the communicating I'm doing, right, that I just started a podcast myself, and I made a calendar of Ooh. when I'm going to record, right? Now, so what's that your name of the podcast? <laughs> what, what name do you have? Um, Mythic Sky Story Time because it's on my my website's Mythic Sky so Mythic Sky. Now and what time? Now I think Leslie is doing two a month plus one for Fresh Voices, which is the British no, outlet. No, female first, honey. Female, female first. Thank you. And Laura, what what time zone will it be? Once a month? Once a week? How is how um, are you structuring? Probably it? three times a month, give or take. Is sort of a calendar, calendar. I made <laughs> okay. of. Um, looking at 
sort of timing it not for like the weekly weather, but new moon, full moon, and sun ingress. So oh, sometimes goody. it lands on the same day. Yeah. There's a couple months where like the new moon is hours before the sun ingresses into the next sign. So I'm not sure if that'll be a single recording. Um, yes. There's a couple times where things land that way, but. Beautiful. Or Beautiful. you could just do two separate recordings on the same day. Yeah. You know, because so, I, I, you know, um, I, I had a, I did a reading with Donna Stillhorn for my birthday and she just told me based on your chart list, you try not to be too structured. Cause it really doesn't work for you. <laughs> you know, this really, May I thank you for that because it is all about Saturn and Aquarius deconditioning, isn't it? And I'm also realizing as we thought, well, we have some time here. I was thinking with Mars and Chiron and the activating of mm. wounds going back to the beginning of trauma. I am thinking because Chiron is, as we know, the wounded healer. That Hercules. It's interesting. That's why I was thinking Hercules the. The, the cluster will be visible and Hercules is mean, this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking of the mythology of it all because it is related to Chiron because Hercules had had the arrow that wounded and it was a whole story of not jumping out of the point. But the point is, is that Chiron, the healer, this great half horse, half this merging of our natural being and of mankind being and nature being was unable to remedy its 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 wound on its leg. So I'm thinking as a climate of is the world we're talking to, and of course we're coming from the United States, and the United States is also going through this huge year. I mean, it's not just this year; it's going to be for years. It has been for a couple of years, and re-addressing our wounds from uh, the, the Revolutionary War. Like, what, what was this? Who were we? And of course, with that, it also comes up with maybe, anyway, I could expand into where these wounds go to. But what I'm getting at is, is that it's, we're trying well, it's to not so much about core identity, right? Aries being I am, right? Key phrase for Aries, I am. So collectively, whether you're in the States or Canada or in Europe or China, it's this I the wounds around identity, about the your know, first, right? Aries is the first initiatory sign. It's the beginning of spring in the northern hemisphere. It's this. I am, who do we put our, our punch out into the world? As my godmother, who is an astrologer, used to describe Mars, right? It's how we lead and go forward. And so these wounds that we all have, whether it's collective or personal, it's both, right? That are wounds around putting ourselves forward in the world. And whether we shrink because we're afraid of how that's going to be received or we're overly aggressive because we're afraid of how it's going to be received, right? It's still this karmic, this past life, prior life wounding around feeling like who we are is enough. Yeah. So I think Leslie, you wanted to say something or else I would jump in. Did you have a No, I was just, I just wondered, does not does the US chart not have a moon in Aquarius? Well, well it, it does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Chiron so it's and going Aries. through. 
and Chiron in Aries. So it's going through a Chiron transit, a Saturn transit, yes. a Pluto transit. Absolutely. All these things. Uh, and yes, yeah. many things. Because Canada's but, but, a cancer too, but we're two day we're three days earlier than you. But I think as a what I'm grabbing at is it's not just the individual, it's the collective. It's this whole climate of individuals that came separated it's the whole idea of separation i patricia walsh in her really brought up the idea that it is aries point itself is that whole separation point and it's a separation you could say from like the chiron from nature from from the whole from the universe like what was that experience and and also that chiron these wounds are not replicated in exactness. In other words, it's not like, oh, that was the story, but it's the, some shade of that story. So here we are in this climate right now of people trying to defend each other. Well, when I say defend each other, they're trying to defend the control. Honey, can you turn that off? Oh gosh, let me have a little bit. Okay, I'm gonna mute myself. Go ahead, pick it up. <laughs> well, I don't um, I mean, I think that Aries point, of, right, that separation is, if we look at just before that, we have the end of Pisces. So it's that individuation away from the divine. That's that collective, that everything is everything in all directions. Well, it's, it's also the separation from mother, if you really want to. Sure. Yep. Right? That moment of birth. Mama. Gaia. <laughs> well, and mama, mama. I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, mama mia. No. Yeah. So, well, be, sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I well, don't, I, to be honest, I, I mean, I do pay attention, obviously, to the news of what's going on in your country, but I don't spend a lot of time looking at the US charts. So, I'm kind of out of my depth when it comes to this. I don't want to make pronouncements. No, about no, something no, no, no. And that's not, it is, we are to be universal. And it is very personal too, isn't it? We're talking about these personal Well, no, signs. because, you know, yeah. um, I well, think here, here's the deal. You know, in, in a sense, the U.S. became the world's guru in lots of ways, both on every, financially, militarily, the whole nine yards. And we're getting to see that there is a, a shadow to that. Absolutely. That, you know, separating <laughs> from Big Daddy because you don't like it and becoming Big Daddy yourself. Yeah, it is. Let's like get down. Let's get down to those shadows of Anana. Let's <laughs> go in there and poke around because, you know, Pluto is still in Capricorn. It wants to see what forms are down there. Like, is it a real gem or is it a fake gem? And let's look at those yeah did you have something laura quickly <laughs> i'm not nothing. quite sure how to respond um other than in looking at the collective and the individual it's how the individual is impacted by the collective and vice versa yes we are it, again we have some as the universe as above so below as below so above thank you leslie francis Thank you, Laura, Tad, Dr. Tad. Thank you. Cosmos will return and we thank our audience. Okay, we'll sign off. Bless.
Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.